Welcome, everybody, to the Red Zone Report, brought to you by Built in Buffalo on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also brought to you by PLB Sports and Entertainment, the makers of Josh's Jacks, the makers of the Diggs 14 Hot Sauce Line, and the Josh JA17 Coffee Line. Please enjoy the show. to the Red Zone Report, again brought to you by PLB Sports Entertainment on the Built in Buffalo YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. Uh, please feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Check out the Built in Buffalo fan uh, or, uh, merchandise shop. Check us out there. Actually, I'll go ahead and put the other overlay. Boop. Check us out. And uh, yeah, today I have a guest on, again, uh, preseason football, so you know, Built in Buffalo, we like to have a group thing going. And this guy could be on the rest of the preseason for all I care. Love this guy. This guy right here, I got to meet him recently. And he is now a part of the show today again to help me break down the Bills versus Steelers. The one and only Sauce God. Hey, Z, how we doing, brother? Doing pretty good, bro. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's Sunday. I know, obviously, we uh, had a little bit of action last night for the Buffalo Bills. And obviously, watching, we weren't maybe exactly satisfied or all that thrilled watching exactly the way that the Bills played yesterday. But still, Izzy, there were definitely some good things to take away from it. So I'm ready to talk about that. Bills Mafia, let's go. Let's go. So, yeah, uh, yesterday, uh, you know, team looked stale. They looked flat. They looked sloppy at times. But there was definitely some things to, the, to take from it that were – you know, impressive and important to note. Like, Osiris Torrance seems to have locked down that right guard spot. Yesterday, he was nice at doing his job. Granted, some of the play calls, Josh Allen taking seven-step drops on plays where he was under center, didn't really bode well for the rest of the uh, players on the line. Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown specifically having to cover defensive ends, you know, through the entire way back for Josh's drops took too long and Josh was in trouble because of it. So I think that that's something that the offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, and the quarterback's coach can really dial in and make those seven-step drops, five-step drops, and you know allow those offensive tackles to be put in a position that's more conducive to success. What do you say? I think so, too. I mean, it's good to see Osiris Torrance kind of locking that that position down because the offensive line is definitely one of the bigger weaknesses of the Buffalo Bills. Um I, I more so am looking at the tackle play from Spencer Brown yesterday. I wasn't all that impressed. Obviously, we know that Brandon Shell abruptly retired. Um, so we definitely need to lock it down a little bit more. I think overall, the Steelers have a really good defensive line, and they were out there on the field to go against our starters. So we have to kind of keep that in mind as well, that the Steelers' defensive line is one of the best in the league. I mean, so you got T.J. Watt. You know, you got Hayward out there as well, who I think even Josh Allen has said that is one of the people that, you know, he he uh, definitely feels getting hit from him quite a bit because he's a big boy. I think overall, though, um, man, the level of inconsistencies and the penalties yesterday is what really killed us, too. So there's just a lot to really kind of look at and clean up, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. They had 13 penalties and, uh, you know, 12 of them were within the first three quarters. 
Um, I heard somebody else say that it was in the first half. I don't know about that because 12 in the first half would mean they only had one in the second half, and that doesn't mm-hmm. sound correct to me. So I'd say thir- uh, 12 penalties within the first three quarters, and then after that it kind of got quiet in the fourth when you know the third stringers were in there. Uh, Matt Barkley took the second team, and it was not good. Ooh, no, not at all. Not it's one bit. Not I mean, it was a- especially – it's funny because last last week, you know, he played a lot better. He goes 14 of 15. He tosses a couple tutties, right? And this week he throws three picks. It's just funny to me that you could see the inconsistencies in a backup quarterback in the preseason, right? But it's funny when you could see these guys perform really well. There's one name that I want to highlight real fast for Bill's Mafia, Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Nathan Peterman used to have great preseasons, enough to where – he honestly thought that it might be a great idea to continue to start him the year that we drafted Josh Allen to eventually take over and be the franchise quarterback, right? Uh, there we go. I like that from Buffalo Bobby, by the way. But overall, yeah. Izzy, man, Matt Barkley did not look good. He did not look comfortable. Um, what do you think that's attributed to? Do you think maybe he got a little complacent? He kind of thought maybe he's got QB2 kind of locked up, or did he just kind of have his woes? Uh, he just had his woes. This is this is Matt Barkley. This is why he's not a starter in the NFL. He came out of USC, you know, a, a really high-level player in college. But, you know, high-level quarterbacks in college don't necessarily turn out to be starters in the NFL. You know, a la EJ Manuel and a bunch of guys we know of the last bunch of years before Josh Allen got here. So we, we've drafted our guys, Trent Edwards, you know, uh, J.P. Lossman, guys who just didn't pan out for us. And, you know, Matt Barkley was drafted into the NFL by, I believe, it was Philadelphia. It didn't work out there. He was a fourth-round pick or fifth-round pick, I believe. And, you know, his physical skills just aren't there. He doesn't have the, the talent physically to be that guy. Mentally, he's sharp. But yesterday, he he showed some brain farts, and I was not really impressed by his performance. Kyle Allen goes in there with the third, you know, third stringers. And this kind of triggered something in my head. Maybe, just maybe, the guys that are down there on the third team are – much closer to the guys on the second team than we think. So even though he's out there playing against third stringers and with our third stringers, maybe our third string guys are just so much better than the other guys. So there, there's a lot to, to think about and to work with there. And to me, it's a, it's, it's really a whirlwind thing where one week, one guy's with the third team and he puts up 15 uh, throws, 14 of them were caught. 176 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And then the next week, the other guy does almost exactly the same thing. So maybe our third stringers are just better than most other teams' third string defense. And the quarterback was able to capitalize on that fact. So, you know, mm-hmm. we had Shorter go out there and he balled out. He had a nice little day, you know, five five catches, I think, or six, four or five catches. And that's five something four. I want to talk about, too, really, like, because I think Justin Shorter, in my opinion, was one of the, the good things to take away from yesterday. We haven't seen much out of him in preseason or training camp, nonetheless, but we all know that we drafted him to be a big target, uh, potentially yep. to develop with this Buffalo Bills team, maybe not to necessarily make the active roster, but, you know, to get a chance to develop as a rookie and then continue with the Bills and then see what he's got maybe down the road, right? But yesterday he definitely showed exactly his skill. Uh, is it his? It's a, it's his athleticism, the way that he was able to get open, and the way that he was able to halt in the football. He's six four to twenty nine guys. He's a big target, oh. and I thought that it was great to see five catches. I think forty seven yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah. Whether or not it was in garbage time, it doesn't matter to me. It, it's all about making use of those reps. He's still holding some catches, and it was good to see that out of him because I think if anybody really he really needs to make good out of these the, the, the last two preseason games now with one remaining, obviously. Um, is Justin Shorter, guys like Andy Isabella as well. But Justin Shorter yesterday showed up, he got a touchdown, he hauled in some catches, and he showed exactly what his you know his size can do for a football team. Should he be able to continue to develop his actual skill set with route running? Um, his hands look pretty solid too. I thought at one point too, Kyle Allen kind of put the ball up there. He kind of should have put it up at a point where it was a high higher pass and, and Steve Tasker actually said it on the broadcast too that he should have been able to get a like a 50-50 ball to go up there and show exactly why his height and his athleticism could be a valued asset to this team. And I think, you know, there's a lot of upside between for Justin Shorter. You know, he was drafted in what, the fourth or the fifth round. And fifth. overall exactly he's drafted in the fifth round out of Florida. He didn't exactly have too much production at, at the University of Florida before getting drafted, but still we all see that you cannot coach athleticism 
And his athleticism definitely could be an asset should he just continue to develop his craft, like I said. So that's good to see. And you named you named the other guy, Andy Isabella, and Justin Shorter and as Andy Isabella both played special teams yesterday. And they both played pretty well on special teams. They both were gunners. Uh, you could see the Bills drop one corner and keep seven receivers for the first time since McDermott and Bean have been here. You know, uh, Saran Neal's been that gunner forever and a day, but he doesn't really provide much, you know, value on defense. So if you decide to rock with five corners, you know, Trey White, uh, Benford, Elam, uh, Dane Jackson, and Taron Johnson, if you decide to rock with, you know, five dudes and let go of uh, Saran Neal because you have Taylor Rapp, who's going to also take some slot role and, you know, play in that spot. Also, DeMar Hamlin can dabble in down there as well. You potentially have the ability to drop one corner, keep an extra guy in the practice squad like a Cam Lewis or, or an Alex Austin, who if somebody gets hurt, you can bring them on up, and then keep Isabella and Shorter. Granted, I don't think both will be active on game days, but, you know, it's a thing where the value there is more than the value at another spot. And so I think our defensive backs are really – the guys at the top, especially, are really uh, versatile enough to cover the deficiencies that would be if there was an injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's quite possible just because of the depth that we see at the receiver position. And if, if one thing needs to it, to work this year, it's it's our passing game in the offense, right? Because our passing game in the offense can be extremely explosive to where you can't stop it. And matched with our, our shutdown defense, it's like boom, right? But – Again, it's still we got to see a little bit more out of Justin Shorter because we haven't seen much out of him. You know, this was our first chance to really get to see any action or production out of him. And I see Roy says that he thinks that Andy Isabella could be a practice squad candidate. Granted, that might be the case, but I don't know because I want to tell you, one thing that you want is you want a consistent return man, and Andy Isabella is also showing us that he could do that as well. Um, granted, there were a couple of times the Bills got you know some of his returns called back due to penalties, or they didn't block for him whatsoever. But Andy Isabella's got quick speed, quickness, and he's efficient. He doesn't make a lot of he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He also had a catch last uh, you know last night for 19 yards, I think it was. So Andy Isabella to me is not really a, a practice squad candidate. He's more of an active roster candidate to me at this point, just because of what he can provide on special teams and on offense. I mean, you really, you're getting a lot of different, um, a different tools out of this guy by having him on the active roster. But I do like that comment from Roy as well. Yeah. Roy, Roy's a, uh, Roy's on point. He's a, he's a good guy. Practice squad candidate. I think he was before this past game, but he's been doing nothing but getting better every week. Literally. That's a cliche that you hear from professional fighters and football players. You know, I'm getting better every practice, getting better every day, every week, whatever. He literally is, within this scheme, is picking up the playbook, reading it. Josh Allen's commenting. He's in the playbook every time I get a chance to look at him. He's asking questions. He's doing this. He's doing that. And Andy Isabella, to me, is slowly but surely making himself a priority player on this team uh, to where he's outshining guys like Deontay Hardy, in my opinion, and he's just he's I think he's faster than Deontay Hardy. Uh, mm-hmm. Isabella ran a four three one. I'm not sure what what uh, Hardy ran, but Isabella's he's making his case to make this roster over other players. And I wasn't expecting us to sign him when we signed him. I wasn't all that excited. I was like, all right, whatever. And he's turning heads. So watch out for that kid. Well, I'll even say this, that last year, too, and guys, if you're not already doing so, do us a favor, like and share. You're live here in the Red Zone Report with Izzy, and of course, I'm the sauce guy here as his uh, special co-host here, but Izzy, I think last year, I actually said that I wanted the Bills to take a look at signing him. He then signed with the Ravens around that point, and again, everybody said, oh, well, if he was that good, he would have made it with another team. Again, it's different when you come in before the season starts, right? Now, mm-hmm. it, Andy Isabella also came in during training camp, too, so it's not like he had a full offseason to learn the playbook or learn the system or get acquainted with his guys. But even in the time that he has been here, he has been picking up the playbook. Um, I actually have a really funny Facebook reel that's on my page. It's like I'm asking the question, you know, why was Josh Allen seen helping you look? What was that? Helping you lug around your playbook? And he says it's a really big playbook or something like that. But it's good to see this young man taking – the initiative to actually learn the offense and learn the system because it is a very complex system as as you guys can see and he again he's not making a lot of mistakes 
He seems to continuously be getting, you know, progressing as Izzy said too. And I think that's, that says a lot, you know, now that he's had consistent time with a team where he's been able to get the opportunity to see the playing field, he's been able to get the opportunity to play with an elite quarterback, you know, in practice or whatever in preseason. Andy Isabella has got to make this team because I think that he has just got so much upside. And I think it's just, again, you need the right sky to shine in if you're a star sometimes. It doesn't matter. You know, sometimes you could be a star, but you need the right sky to shine in. And that's my, that might be what the Buffalo Bills is, Izzy. That's all I got to say. That's nice. I like that, actually. That the right, star, right sky to, Stars need the right sky to shine in. That's, that's, that's right. That's, that's a very good point. Um, here's another thing. Um, with the progress – the progression that Andy Isabella has shown here and the ability to run the routes and the ability to catch the ball and the ability to play gunner and the ability to return kicks and punts. There's no telling when we cut this guy, if somebody else scoops him up immediately because he's mm-hmm. showing the ability to do what you need to do. Somebody else might be like, we need a slot receiver. And this guy's out here putting up numbers back to back weeks for the bills in preseason with Josh Allen and the backups and his work ethic is being praised. And Josh is not there, you know, dismissing him at all. He's no, he this guy's doing his job. He's in the playbook. Somebody else scoops him up. We let him go. Yeah. And let's take a look at Isaiah Hodgins last year. I vouched for this kid nonstop. I advocated for him. And I understand that we kept Jake Kumaro around because he could play special teams more and he gave you a little bit more of what you needed uh, on the field more often than, than you needed a receiver, right? But Isaiah Hodgins eventually got scooped up by the Giants, and then he performed well with them last last year. I think he had a game where he had a couple touchdowns or something like that. But, you know, that's why you can't let a guy like this go because he's probably not going to make it to the practice squad. There's a good chance teams like the Patriots see him or teams like the Dolphins see anybody, man. Anybody's going to get a chance to see what this kid can do. Dolphins, you can get him on a cheaper contract more than likely because he's not going to command he's not going to command five million, ten million, or fifteen million. You know, you're going to get him for cheap too. So there's no way, in my opinion, you can let this kid go, even just on that argument alone. Dude, if he goes to the Dolphins, that would be freaking terrifying. Oh, Could you imagine I having two outside receivers it. who run sub 4-3 and then a slot receiver who runs a 4-3-1, and you know he can run Better the route? running suicide that to practice. That would be horrifying. I would be what, – what, what do you do with that kind of speed against you? No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, we got a uh, – a uh, Bills fan looks like apparently from Hawaii. Aloha, Izzy and Sauce. Thanks for the therapy session. Um, Actually, I think we'll be okay. Kincaid was amazing. Isabella, too. Aloha. Uh, and if you're actually from Hawaii, I, I know there's the wildfires in Hawaii. I want to say, you know, prayers up to all those in Hawaii. Um, the, the wildfires, man, it's freaking scary to see what goes on in this world. But, yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Izzy, go about that comment. Say what? Uh, go ahead. It was, was it about Kincaid, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So Kincaid was amazing. Isabella too. You, yeah. you can never have a. I think it was great um, to kind of see that you know Dalton Kincaid got the first. Uh, you know, Josh Allen throws the ball to him first. He gets a catch right there, and we get a chance to see a little bit of those sure hands. What'd you make of that? Say that one more time. I was looking at so, comment. you know, the fact that we had Dalton Kincaid, he, he was yeah. the first target for Josh Allen. He comes out, he gets his first catch with him. We got a chance to see some of those sure hands from him. You know, what did you make of that going to him right away? Uh, we didn't really see much of him after that, obviously. But what did you think? What did you take away from Kincaid's first uh, little bit of action with Josh Allen? That boy can play, man. He's physical. He catches the ball. He sees it in. He turns up field immediately. He tries to make people miss. He got hit. You know, it's football. You're going to get hit. He holds onto the ball very well. Uh, I stand by my, you know, my words. That he reminds me of an Antonio Gates. Now I've had a little bit of vision of it. He reminds me of Antonio Gates. Um, I'm not going to try and compare him career-wise to uh, Antonio Gates because Antonio Gates was, you know, a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. If he's not already in the Hall of Fame, he should be. Um, but, yeah, uh, we got the the BMF in the comments here. It says, King K can't block. I'm not worried about him blocking. I'm worried about him catching. I'm worried about him breaking tackles. I'm worried about him scoring touchdowns. He's not here to block. He's here to do one thing specifically and does not block. Uh, he he could block a corner or a safety, and I'm fine with that because he's going to be lined up out there against corners and safeties. He's not going to be in line much. He was this game because Dawson Knox was out. Kincaid went out there, and he performed admirably in his role there uh, as a blocker. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. But 
the catches were there. And you'll see a lot more of that this season, I believe. Uh, I don't think you'll see him next week in the preseason. Next week is going to be basically sorting out who makes the team. But I was I was happy to see him out there doing his thing and then get him off the field. Yeah. And I think, too, like you you just said, you know, he's not there to block. We talk about this kid even getting reps at the slot receiver role, right? So that's not a guy that's going to typically be out there to block. But he could block downfield, you know, against defensive back safeties potentially should we need him to do such a thing, right? But, no, we brought him there to catch the football. I like that he's got that speed and a little bit of quickness. And like you said, man, he's got that, that basketball player type of athleticism to him, and I like that as well. Um, Spencer Brown is not it, and I think we really need to trade for a legitimate middle linebacker. What do you think? So um, people are really hard on Spencer Brown right now. This week he was going against T.J. Watt. So I'm not going to be as hard on Spencer Brown as usual, right? It's T.J. Watt. It's literally probably the best defensive end in the NFL. If not, he's top five. You got what? Mm-hmm. T.J. Watt, Miles It might Garrett. be the best defensive line in the NFL too. Yeah, I mean, no, no, that's Aaron Donald until – unless Aaron Donald – No, no, I'm him. saying overall line, the Steelers' defensive oh. line might be one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, the whole line. Yeah, yeah, with Cam Hayward mm-hmm. and, and yeah, the Steelers' defensive line is, is nasty. But on Spencer Brown's side specifically, you had T.J. Watt, right? And you got you have a, a third-year guy who's coming off a back injury yet last year going against that beast. Osiris Torrance helped back him up against T.J. Watt, you know, helped keep T.J. Watt off Josh, but – that's a tall task for anybody. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking to trade for somebody, if somebody's in a trade block, they're not blocking TJ Watt either. So to me, people are being a little hard on him. Does he deserve the criticism? Yes, he does. He does deserve that criticism. But you also have to have the whole picture in in, in your sight and say, okay, he had a hard time, but he had a hard time with TJ Watt. There's 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 levels to the game, and TJ Watt's at the top of the food chain here. And so mm-hmm. he, former defensive player of the year, like, yeah. Now, the middle linebacker one I agree with 100% wholeheartedly, Tyrell Dodson, and I'm taking a word out of my wife's playbook because she says wholeheartedly way too much. Uh, yeah, we need a new middle linebacker. Um, yeah, Tyrell Dodson is not it, in the words of this person here, uh, Mr. Diablo Favor. Tyrell Dodson is not it. And Tyrell Dodson. Now there's Baylor Spector. I hate to say it, but that Baylor Spector, uh, yesterday watching him, he looked as if he was like, just like kind of scared to be on the field. Like he like looks like nervous. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's trying to like figure it out. He's trying too hard in a sense. It doesn't look like a guy that's out there ready to play middle linebacker comfortably, which is a position I think that you have to be comfortable at defensively because you're an anchor, right? You know, the middle linebacker, especially in its heyday, used to be one of the premier and most important positions on your on your defense, right? And nowadays, yeah. it's more of your defensive ends and your defensive backs, and more so than it is a middle linebacker. But middle linebacker is still very important. And if you have a true anchor middle linebacker that can tackle guys like Luke Keekley, Patrick Willis, those types of caliber middle linebackers, it could be pivotal to a defense success or pivotal to a defense's demise. And right now, our defense is showing a little bit of a demise with the absence of a true middle linebacker, which, you know, hey, it used to be Tremaine Edmonds. He gets $18 million a year for the Chicago Bears. Now we see why. Obviously, we couldn't afford him, and I understand that, but it's still very much, I think, a gap that we need to take a look at because it can be very alarming, Izzy. Yeah, there, I mean, there are guys out there free agency right now. Anthony Barr is a name who would be better than both A.J. Klein and Tyrell Dodson. You've got uh, Rashawn Evans who's out there. There are guys out there right now. We could go and, and, and sign and figure things out. The, the mm-hmm. middle linebacker spot is, is a spot that really needs to uh, be addressed. But we have another comment here. Uh, with our schedule, Spencer Brown has to be better or we can't be making excuses for him. He flat out sucks. I don't know if he flat out sucks. This is one preseason game against an elite defensive end. And you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. He has to be better You know, with our schedule, yeah. But one preseason game doesn't tell me somebody flat out sucks. And I'm not trying to defend him because he may flat out suck. He he might just suck, and and need to be you know replaced. Um, and there may be a guy you can trade for out there who fills in that spot. But you're talking about shooting, you know, fish in a barrel. That, that's hard. You got to you got to figure out which fish you want. And if again if they're on a, if they're on a trade block, they're probably not going to be that good. You do have guys out there like Wyatt Teller who we traded, who was a sixth round pick, and then ends up being a superstar. 
that's tough. And we do have a super chat here from Morning Mayan Linda West. Great show, guys. Thank you. No, thank you for the super chat. We appreciate the support. And then rumor is Justin Murray was signed for death. Not sure who Justin Murray is. So uh, elaborate, please, John Robert. Um, and then we have another middle linebacker comment here. Uh, AJ Klein, uh, Dodson, and Spectre. It doesn't matter. None of them are starting caliber middle linebackers. It almost makes you wonder, and I saw my buddy Iron Mike Smith made the comment of potentially yeah. moving Milano to middle linebacker and having Dorian Williams play on the outside, right? Now, at this point, that doesn't even sound like a bad idea compared to having one of those guys playing the middle linebacker position. And I understand Dorian Williams still has a lot of work. He still has a lot of development to be done. However, I do like the way that he plays on the field, and I like the way that if we could free him up a little bit, you know, it might be a good idea. Now, granted – Man Milano is one of your best defensive players. He could do a lot of different things out there. And right now, we just don't look that good without Tremaine Edmonds on the football field and without a true middle linebacker. So something's got to be done, whether it's signing somebody else. I don't know necessarily if we, we can go trade for somebody else. I don't know if there's really a, a good candidate for trade or if we have the pieces or assets that a team would be interested in. Sure, but uh, I think, you know, the potential of signing a guy like Anthony Barr is a really good point. And there are definitely options in free agency at this point. But right now, it is a little – does it make you worry a little bit, Izzy? Yeah, it, it does make me worry a little bit. But, you know, you got to kind of make do with what you got. Uh, Matt Milano moving to the middle linebacker would be taking an all-pro out of his natural position. However, however, I think that that statement, which I've heard from other people before, is overblown. And the reason why – is you've seen Matt Milano play in the middle quite a bit. Even if he's not wearing the green dot, he's played in the middle quite a bit. A bunch of times you hear 58's the mic. And if Dorian Williams is the next best linebacker on his team behind Matt Milano, then you put Dorian Williams in that Milano role. You put, you know, um, Matt Milano in that middle linebacker spot. He knows the defense. He's been in his defense for six years. Mm -hmm. He's been here since... McDermott's first year, he knows this defense inside, out, backwards, forwards. You name it, he knows it. He could make those reads. He could communicate back to the safeties. Question is, is his personality that? And that's where it's difficult. But sometimes you have to rely, hey, Matt, we need you to do this. And he can play on the inside and on the outside, just like Tremaine Edmonds did, just like all of our linebackers tend to do. They, they flip and flop depending on where they're blitzing or if somebody's you know, faking the blitz and dropping the coverage. Matt Milano is that guy. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him be the green dot player this year and have Dorian Williams as the other linebacker because Tyrell Dotson is super underwhelming. Not to mention that they say that Dorian Williams is undersized. Tyrell Dotson is six foot. He's six foot. He's not tall. Him and Baylor Inspector are the same exact size. So when people say Baylor Inspector's undersized, how the hell is Tyrell Dotson not? Exactly. Right? Dorian Williams is longer. He's not. He doesn't weigh as much. He's still two. He's two twenty, like Josh or like a uh, Milano and Terrell Bernard, which is why Bernard was getting a lot of the reps at middle linebacker until he got hurt. But you got to do what you got to do. You can't leave gaping <laughs> holes in the middle of the defense. Like you just got. You got to do what you got to do. Exactly, and I think right now it, it it's Sean McDermott, the one that said that. You know, he felt like our middle linebacker position was okay. And that defensive, you know, defensive line was actually where we needed to address the most. And that's what he said before the draft. Obviously, we didn't go that route. And uh, we see right now that the middle linebacker position is definitely a hole. Um, Bill's Mafia, let us know in the comments too, by the way, um, because I'm about to take off here uh, just shortly. Wanted to say that. Uh, thank you to everybody, uh, by the way, for tuning in. Make sure to tune in with Izzy every Sunday night here in the Red Zone Report. And I'm the Sauce Guy. Host the sit down Thursday nights, but Izzy, I want the people to tell us and uh, who they think could be a potential person that we could sign in place of these guys at middle linebacker. And what do you guys think is a, a really good option for the Bills? I'm curious. Yeah, that's a good question because um, if you're looking for a true middle linebacker, there are some guys out there who are still free agents, and I'll put up spot rack right now. But there, there are definitely some guys out there, and some of them are older, obviously. But, you know, I know who I who I look at, but, you know, sometimes the fans will bring up the fans of the show specifically, not, you know, because I'm, I'm not a fan too, but just not a fan of my own show. Um, that, that'd be weird. But 
with having you know all these players out there, what are we looking at? Are we looking at uh, you know, Anthony Barr and Rashawn Evans, and there's some other guy that I didn't even look at that's down the line. So let's let's see what we got. Yeah, exactly. But Izzy, I want to say thank you again for having me on here in the Red Zone Report, man. It's an honor to talk football with you guys. Uh, hopefully I come back next Sunday as well, man, because I love sitting down and talking football with you as always. Go Bills, man. God bless everybody out there, and I'll uh, see you guys soon in the, th- the sit-down on Thursdays. Heck yeah, you come hey, you come on the show whenever you want, boss. Just let me know when you want to be here uh, until the regular season when I got Akeem on here, and then, you know, it is what it is. Got you, brother. God bless, man. Go Bills, as always. Like and share if you haven't already done so. We'll see you next time, Bills, mom. Go Bills. All right. The sauce got He gave me half an hour. I appreciate him very much for doing that. Uh, guys, you know my show is very, very, very um, interactive. So go ahead and give me that. When I have a guess, it's a little harder to do that. But you know what? No worries. We're here. See, I would give Anthony Barr a chance. I like Anthony Barr. He's a very good player. Uh, he's also one of the candidates who has been jumped over by Josh Allen. So, you know, he'll come in here with a little bit of respect, I believe, and understand that he has a franchise quarterback. And that if he wants to win a Super Bowl, the time is now. Your old ball coach checking in pass on Peters. Um, that would be up to the GM and, and, you know, them. If they want to take a flyer, that's on them. I'm not really for or against it, but we'll figure it out. I think Giants sign bar. I am looking here. Uh, we're looking for available. We're looking for unrestricted free agents. We're looking for not teams, positions. Linebacker update. So our available linebackers are Robert Quinn, Melvin Ingram, Damien Wilson, Kevin Pierre-Louis, Kyle Van Noy, Anthony Barr is out there. He's a free agent. So, yeah, uh, Barr is out there as a free agent, according to Spotrack. Uh, also, Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, uh, see... John Bostick is out there. Jordan Jenkins. I'm not really eh, eh. Jermaine Carter. Nate Gary. There's not a lot of names out there outside of Anthony Barr, Rashawn Evans, and I'd say Kevin Pierre-Louis. Outside of those guys, not impressed. Not impressed at all. Uh, inside linebacker, let's see what, what that boils down to Kyle Van Noy, J.R. Brown, Jared Davis, John Bostic, Michael Carter, or Michael, Car- Michael Kaiser, Jermaine Carter, and Kanai Mauga. I don't know who that is, but yeah. So we are, we're looking at a thin, you know, crew that's available out there. See, I know we wanted Tremaine Edmonds gone, but Tremaine Edmonds was good for offense, not throwing in the middle of the field. I, I agree with that. You're, you're not wrong about that. The problem with Tremaine is he can't stop the run to save his life. He was like, he's like using a Q-tip to try to stop a nosebleed when it comes to the run game. And he also wanted all that money. And he got it. He got it. I don't think he deserved all that money, but he got it. And so going out there and getting what he felt he was worth, I, I don't blame him. You know, I, I would go get the money too if I was him. I'm me, so I would stick with the bills, but that's just me. Let's see. Uh, let's see. You know how I feel about Melvin Ingram. Look, I love Melvin Ingram, right? And I think T, you're on the same page with me, but he's more of a pass rusher, so we wouldn't really go get him unless something happened to an AJ Vanessa or Boogie Basham or Leonard Floyd went down. Then you got Melvin Ingram out there, so he's a guy that could be signed to a practice squad, maybe if he decided he wanted to. But yeah, I, I'm all for bringing some of these guys in. Justin Murray is with the Titans, apparently. Uh, I didn't see his name on the list. I have the list here of linebackers, and so I'm, I'm not really seeing it. Uh, Murray, let me see. Control F M U R R. Nope, no Murrays. So there are no linebackers named Murray that are free agents. And we have a scammer in the group. Okay, if you see this comment here, uh, don't go to that website. And we're blocking him, and he's out. Bye, Abdul. Anyway, continuing on. Uh, the bright spots on this team did not outweigh 
how terrible this team looked. It, it just doesn't. It, it was it was a horrible, horrible, horrible game for the Bills. They looked they looked sad out there. Uh, Josh didn't play bad. Kyle Allen didn't play bad. Matt Barkley played horrifically. James Cook had three yards on three carries. The interior defensive line played fairly well, except for in the run. And yeah, it's it's tough. Oh, Justin Murray's offensive lineman. My bad. Let me go ahead and look at that. Uh, let's see. Offensive line. Control F. Justin Murray is a free agent currently. But he played, he was with us last year. I don't see why. Yeah, I'm not sure. See, I got a feeling Bernard will be our middle linebacker once healthy. Very possible. Very possible. And I'm not against it, but you still got to go out there and earn it. You busy with the Giants? Yes. All right. So, negatives. Negatives. Deion Dawkins didn't play well, but it's Deion Dawkins. We know he's fine, right? I think that some of the play calls caused more of that than anything. But also in the preseason, you're not really scheming for your opponent. You're going out there and you're just trying to run your offense to try and do your thing, right? Same thing with your defense. You're out there, cover two, cover three, picking your plays, and not necessarily trying to scheme for them, but trying to see what the response is from your players against the opposing team. Tyrell Dotson was terrible. On that 60-something yards camper, Puna Ford got blocked out. Right, There was a block, came through, he was sealed off. It was Tyrell Dodson's job to watch the running back and get to him, and he ran right into a block. To me, that is number one instincts for a middle linebacker who is not known for coverage but for run-stuffing. It's a problem. I also saw someone earlier say we should trade for Devin Bush. He's not good in coverage either. He's simply a downhill guy. Now, can he call your defense? Maybe. Uh, can he stop the run? Yes, he can. Can he blitz? Yes, he can. Can he cover anybody? He couldn't cover anybody with a blanket. If you were already asleep on the couch, he couldn't cover you with a blanket. So, yeah, no. I'm looking at these comments and shorter, finally get got some catches in and looked good. Yes, he did. He did look good. And um, uh, Khalil Shakir only had one play out there. He had one ball thrown his way, and it wasn't caught. Also, Shorter has size and speed. He does have those things, but although he doesn't really use his size efficiently yet. Could be trained into him. Um, he's going to be a, a practice wide candidate if they decide to keep Isabella. That's going to be between him and Shakir, who they let go. I think they'll keep Shakir, but that's that that six receiver spot is tough. Is McDermott the answer for defensive play calling? Yes, he is. He's he, the defenses he's called are fine. It's it's the play of certain players within said defense that has been bad. We'll probably wait till te till teams make their cuts. To be honest, yep, very possible. Miss Nancy says hello, Izzy. How you doing, Miss Montage? Glad to see you again. And for middle linebacker and right tackle, yeah. So there could be some cuts. There's going to be some cuts. You know, a bunch of guys got drafted this year on the offensive line, especially in the first and second round. And then also uh, linebackers. There was a run on those guys in the third round, which is where we took Dorian Williams. And, you know, guys like Drew Sanders, who I wanted to, you know, be brought in, who would be a true middle linebacker player, who is kind of a Terrain Edmonds kind of clone, but he's a little bit better against the run. It would have been a nice guy to bring in. Uh, also, Trenton Simpson went before. And so those guys were guys we were looking at as fans and, you know, as, you know, media guys like me who could come in here and take that spot. They were gone. Dory Williams took it, was drafted. But he's not a middle linebacker per se. He could grow into one, uh, but right now is not the time. He's just not, he's not ready for that. Now, if you move Milano into that, green dot because to me that's all it is in our defense the green dot is the middle linebacker that's the, it's, it's simply middle linebacker in name alone because the middle linebacker will line up outside he'll line up inside strong side weak side you wherever the the uh, nickel is you know is going to help determine where that middle linebacker truly lines up and the middle linebacker is not the only one who gets to see and make reads other guys will say hey this guy's moving let this guy's moving and make make calls so 
middle linebacker is an important role, but I don't know if that position itself is as important as people are making it out to be. And you may be surprised who is starting the two linebacker spots when the season comes. Milano's going to be one of them, unless he gets hurt. And then if he gets hurt, golly, this is freaking horrible. But Milano and whoever the other person is. The other person may surprise you, and it may be Williams. So don't sleep. It might not be. I might could be reaching and overstepping my bounds on this. But the Bills, I believe, have ideas as to what they're going to do. They may bring somebody in. They do fine. They probably won't be a super expensive person. But, yeah, it's 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 been bad at middle linebacker. It's horrible at middle linebacker. Uh, also, uh, the cornerback two battle. Um, Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford literally did nothing to improve their stock in trying to take that job from Dane Jackson. Dane Jackson is most likely our day one starting CB2 opposite Trey White. Uh, Taron Johnson is obviously our starting slot. Our safeties, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer out there doing their thing. Uh, Taylor Rapp is clearly the jack-of-all-trades on defense. Um, the defensive line, Boogie Basham was really the only guy who stood out this week on, on the defensive line. Um, Ford, again, he got blocked out on that big run play. Uh, we expected more from him. Last week he looked good. This week he didn't look as good. Again, it's preseason, guys, so we got to kind of measure and weigh everything based on what we see, but also – Got to look and see. The other guy's trying to make his team, too. He's trying to win a starting job, too. So it's not that simple. This is very uncharacteristic of us to flat out not replace a player. We've had some kind of plan that fell through, or McD just doesn't think the position is that important with what he wants to do. Maybe that's the case. Maybe you're right and, and to McDermott. It's not as important. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. But if that showing from Tyrell Dodson is what we're going to get, I'm, don't sign me up. Don't sign me up. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. It's kind of sad that we can't find someone to beat out Dane Jackson. I don't I don't know. Like, you brought in Kyrie Elam, who's mostly a man corner. They drafted him because he was the last corner of the first-round grade. You know, I expect some growing pains out of him. And he's really going to have to train that handsiness. But sometimes a lot of players don't really get it to the third or fourth year. And we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see. But Dane Jackson, remember, when we were in the playoffs, we made that run against the Chiefs with Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace starting because freaking Trey White was injured. So I'm okay with Dane Jackson. But I am with you. I'm a little bit concerned that he's not been beaten out. The BMF says Dim McDimwood can't handle both jobs, in my opinion. Also, why he doesn't use tablets. Uh, I don't know why you would call him McDimwood. He's, you know, got the best record of any Bills head coach ever. We took him to the playoffs, you know, five out of six years. So I, I don't like that comment. I like you. You know, you're, you're always in my show. So there's that. Uh, we don't always agree, but, you know, on occasion we do. But yeah, I, I wouldn't refer to him as McDimwood. That's, that feels feels a little out of place. So that, that's what I'll say with that. I said, dime with Milano and rap would make the most sense. I wish I knew if they were practicing that at all. Well, none of us know, right? So if, if none of us know, then, you know, we just got to deal with that. You know, how often do teams go to the, into the uh, preseason, don't win any games, and then do excellent in the season? How many team, times do you see a team go out there in the preseason, win all their games, and then, you know, Pardon my French, shit the bed for the year. That happens all the time. And so for me, preseason matters for, for guys to make the team. It doesn't matter so much, you know, winning and losing. This game was ugly, though. It was a very ugly game. And I'm, try, I'm, I'm just trying to go with the positives here. Osiris Torrance is a positive. The rookies did their thing. Uh, you know, uh, Justin Shorter, Kincaid looked good. Uh, with the third third team, you know, Alex Austin looks solid. He was out there making tackles. But, you know, it, it was still very disappointing to be a Bills fan watching that sloppy-ass performance against a team that we blew out 38-3 last year, 38-10, something like that. We, we put up 38 on them last year. And 
we looked like trash yesterday. We did. We looked like trash. Let's be honest. So while it's preseason, and we all know it, and we all know preseason doesn't matter, and they're not, you know, playing to win. They're playing to try stuff out and to, you know, figure out who they want to keep. It's still not comforting. Like it still gives you a little, gives you a little pause. I mean, just for our own curiosity, I'm just not convinced there's someone unknown plan because this isn't like McDermott at all. Not hating. No, no, I understand you're not hating. You know, the, the questions are valid. You have to really question what's going on. And it's preseason, so while valid questions may fall on deaf ears, uh, yeah, I have no real idea. Just like you don't. We're all kind of just watching and hoping for better. Preseason games matter. But if they or but they don't count, don't remember who said that. Um, sounds like something Mike Catalano would have said for uh, for uh, Buffalo Plus. That sounds like him. But I don't think they matter in the sense that winning and losing matters. They they matter because they can decide who's going to make up your roster. Right? That's important. My only real concern is offensive tackle depth. I've been consistent about that. Yes, that's true. Offensive tackle depth matters because we lost Tommy Doyle for the season. And we also had uh, Brandon Shell retire. So now it's David Questenberry and Van something. I've, his name is really lost upon me. Still haven't gotten his name. Let me pull up the team and the positions and go to OT. Or just T on our roster. Ryan Vandemark, right? He, for a undrafted free agent, he's looked pretty good. Look at that. <laughs> you guys jumped in the comments as I was looking it up. Vandemark, he's looked damn good at left tackle, but at right tackle, he's looked not so good. And to me, that doesn't spell swing tackle. That spells backup left tackle, right? But he's looked good at left tackle. I appreciate it. Y'all good. Christ Christine out here. Got you, fam. Heck yeah. Appreciate that, guys. Uh, UConn. He went to UConn. There we go. So I'm getting all kind of information about uh, Mr. Vandemark. But, yeah, he's going to be the backup left tackle. And Questenberry, uh, okay, all right. I think Ryan Bates is more likely going to be your backup right guard, right tackle, uh, and center. He'll be from center to right tackle. He'll be your backup. Left, left guard will be Connor McGovern as a starter, and then the backup will be David Edwards. And I think that we'll probably roll with eight offensive linemen this year and probably have somebody in the practice squad. They'll, they'll find somebody to put in the practice squad to, you know, be there available just in case. But I could see us carrying eight offensive linemen in Deion Dawkins, uh, McGovern, Morse, Torrance, Spencer Brown, and Vandermark, Bates, and Edwards. And that could be it. That, that could be it. Yep, I think people are being a little too hard on Spencer Brown. He was blocking T.J. Watt. You know, I did say that. No one's impressed with Questenberry, man. He sucks, man. He came from Tennessee all pissed and fired, looking good, but apparently we got him after the wall, and here he is on our team stinking up the show. And, you know, if he can prove me wrong and look good next week, maybe he earns a spot. But if, it's, if I'm the Bills, like, you're putting Tommy Doyle on IR, you have to bring somebody in. You know, you're putting – who else got hurt? You know, a bunch of people get hurt. It's it's a lot. But, the, but he has injury concerns, so we got to do better than Questenberry. That's all. Hey, I'm with you. Yeah, hell yeah. That the, that second-team offensive line, other than Vandermark, uh, Edwards, Manns looked pretty solid as a backup center, but, you know, he's a practice squad guy. And Bates, outside of them – you know, everybody else was pretty much garbage. And that's against second-team defense. So, for me, it's it's a concern. It is a concern. Uh, the running game didn't look great until we got to the second and third teams where Murray had six carries for 26 yards. He played solid. Uh, Mims, you know, had a solid day. Uh, Edwards, or not Edwards, Evans played solid. But I think Mims would be ahead of him in the whole, you know, rookie running back who could make a team. Actually, Evans isn't a rookie. Mims is. So Eric at cover one has some film of Brown and Torrance working really well together. 
maybe a bit more time. That's true. Torrance is a rookie, you know, and it takes time to gel, so they say, you know, that or that, that phrase, to gel as an offensive line, to really learn each other and figure out how you do. We maneuvered him down to the practice squad, and he climbed right back up that depth ladder. There you go. Hell yeah. Like, I like the enthusiasm. Uh, see, on on uh, offense, also, Knox wasn't out there. You know, Diggs is Diggs, Davis is Davis. We're not concerned about them. Shakir didn't play much. So I think that they've seen enough of him to either say he is just going to take his place and do his thing. Trent Sherfield is another name that we need to focus on. This guy went to Miami last year, beat out the guy that they brought in to be their slot receiver in Cedric Wilson, like handily took that job, comes to Buffalo, works his ass off, and is at minimum, at minimum, the guy who's going to come in and replace uh, Stefan Diggs or Gabe Davis on plays where they're tired and need a break. Those guys right there are your one and two, Diggs and Davis. Sherfield is that next man up. And he has been impressive with his route running and his speed and his catchability and his work ethic and you name it. Sherfield has been doing his thing. And because he was drafted late in the draft in his year, he's looked down upon, I guess, to an extent. And Trent Sherfield, to me, has locked up that third receiver spot, maybe even a slot receiver spot. Now, I don't know if that's what he's here to do. But if he is, I'm confident in Trent Sherfield. He's also going to have to split time with Dalton Kincaid if that's his spot or whoever. But Trent Sherfield, my God, is he a surprise and a blessing in disguise who came here on a one-year deal. He got less of a deal than Hardy did, and he's outshining everybody except Dixon Davis. So, yeah, yeah, I'm great. Trent had a great catch yesterday. Yes, he did, and he is really doing his thing. So I'm ready. I'm really starting to think Shakir gets cut if Isabella makes the roster. Ooh, that's a toughie. That's a toughie because Shakir gets picked up immediately if we do. If we, uh, if we, you know, submit him to waivers, I don't think he makes it. He, someone's going to pick him up. So we just drafted him last year. He's not getting cut. I, I'm with you there. I, 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 hard to see it, but it's possible. You know, that, that receiver room is full. It's full. And Sherfield's still young, too, so you're not looking at an old guy. See, I definitely go with Isabella and Sherfield to split the load at the slot receiver or use Sherfield outside. Sherfield's going to be outside, inside. Uh, Isabella's going to be inside mostly if he makes the team. You know, Kincaid's also going to be playing slot receiver or uh, 11 personnel traditional style where – or 12 personnel, excuse me, traditional style where you have two tight ends on the line. I don't see that as much, but – Dude, this, this team has a lot of potential, but yesterday they just didn't show any of it. And that could have been by design, but I have my doubts about that. I think that the Bills just had a bad day yesterday, and you're going to have bad days sometimes. Sometimes you're going to have a, a day where you're just not in sync with your team, and you're going to lose that game. And I'd rather have that in the preseason than week one. Look, if this was week one of the regular season, and we went out there and we shit the bed that bad, I'm telling you what, I would be highly upset. I would have questions. I would have real questions. You can't. You can't do that. You, you can't. Amber heard the bed like that. You know, week one. They, they just can't afford to do that. We got the Jets. We can't afford to give them momentum. We have to go out there and steal it from them. And yeah, yeah. We we got to go out there. Here's Johnny, and and take this thing by the horns because that's not the way that this team is going to win the Super Bowl. We have to really be consistent. Last year, we were pretty consistent, even though we had all the injuries and all the tragedies. We were still pretty consistent until the playoffs. So scheme-wise, game planning-wise, I see the Bills doing a lot better in the future, but man, oh, man, this preseason game gave a lot of us pause. Still a preseason game. But, guys, it's been my pleasure to be with you guys tonight. Thank you for tuning into the show. For all the new folks on here or names who I haven't seen in a while, I appreciate you guys being here, just so you know. Let's see. The Steelers D just took over. The O-line has to get it together. They do. They have to. They have two more weeks to gel. They have next week, and then they have that bye week worth of practice where we have to make our cuts. So, yeah. So we have to bully the Patriots, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Yes, we do. 
they need to be handled, right? And here's the reality of it, right? The Patriots freaking suck. They suck on offense, but they're always sound on defense. This offense can't be making these mistakes against the Patriots, right? Because that, that, that Patriots defense will score points. They will score points on defense. And so if you if you mess up like that against the Patriots, they'll make you pay for it. Can't afford that. With the Jets, they're stacked. They're stacked. You know, if Rodgers can be what he was last year for the Packers, that that Rodgers with that defense is good enough to make a nice deep playoff run. So we'll see. Yeah, I got to see Isabella with starters because I, I'm not still ready, or I'm still not ready to say he makes the team. None of us are ready to say he makes the team, but he, he deserves a nice good look. And block user. It's Amelia Clark. Delete comment. Bye. I'm just saying, if he makes the team, unless we keep seven wide receivers, Shakir's skill most expendable. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. Because although Justin Shorter has the physical attributes, he doesn't high point the ball like Khalil Shakir does. Khalil Shakir right now is suffering from Dawson Knox syndrome. He catches the easy, the hard ones and he drops the easy ones. He's doing that same thing that Dawson Knox did his first two years. And then year three, Dawson Knox took off. That's what, that's what Khalil Shakir is doing. And, you know, McDermott is a third-year guy. Hey, their third year is when they show you who they are. This is year two for Shakir. So I think it's less likely that he gets cut. So Sherfield, although bigger, reminds me a bit of Robert Woods. He reminds me a lot of Robert Woods, like a lot. The good, the good blocking, uh, the ability to get open, the route running. He's a little faster than Robert Woods, but, yeah. So slot getting crowded. Shorter's big body, outside receiver. I think he's safe. I don't know if he's safe. I don't know because you have Diggs, Davis, and, Sh and Sherfield out there on the outside. The slot is also kind of full, but yeah. So different receivers, though, that's my point. They're, they're very different receivers. But I think that skills-wise, I think Shakir is, has better technique. He just needs to get the receptions under control. He needs to get catching the ball under control. He needs to get his hands under control. And if he does that, he makes his team over shorter, in my opinion. That's that 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 battle is gonna be tough next week because I think we see both of them. Shorter also four phase special teams. That's true, he is. But so is Saran Neal and Isabella plays special teams as well. Man, you guys are making good points here. I can't argue all of this. <laughs> this is tough. Shorter can take Kumaro's spot on special teams. Yes, but you uh, you got real dyslexic on special teams. Isabella has value with speed as gadget guy. I don't see Isabella as a gadget guy. Isabella is a route runner. He is a faster but less talented route runner, Cole Beasley type guy. He can't run routes like Cole Beasley. He doesn't get as open as Cole Beasley, but he's much faster. So he's you're, you're giving to Cole Beasley and taking away from Cole Beasley with Andy Isabella. I don't see him as a gadget guy. He's not Isaiah McKenzie. He's not that. Don't think Shorter gets cut. I think he'd get grabbed. I think he's more of a healthy scratch. They, they're gonna have they're gonna have decisions to make. They're gonna have decisions to make. Bean got tough. To, yes, yes. Bean has got a hard line of cuts to make. See, returner, not receiver. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, Isabella, um, he's bringing a lot of depth to the table. I'm just giving examples of what he could or what we could do with him. They plan to do with Hines. Yes. Yes. They, there, there's a lot of that, too. He could be a gadget guy, but I don't see him as a guy who is only a potential gadget guy. Like, like Isaiah McKenzie, we tried him as the slot receiver running routes. It just wasn't it. Isabella, I think, can do those things better than Isaiah McKenzie. I don't think it's a question. I think it's, I think that's a, a true statement. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But I think I'm right here. I think I am. We'll see when the season comes uh, after next week and they got to make their cuts. It's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard because the Bills have their scouts, like every other team has their scouts, looking at these guys in the preseason. And cut down is straight from 90 to 53 this year. 
And being that it's created from 90 to 53, there's going to be a slew of guys out there on waivers and, you know, who are just veterans who are getting cut because they got beat up by young players. Looking for talent is going to be tough, but everybody's going to be out there at the same exact time. So all those players getting cut at the same time, they're going to have decisions to make and waivers. This is going to be crazy. Just keep seven and they don't have to choose. I think that's possible because, remember, Hines got hurt. Naeem Hines got hurt. So do they keep four running backs still, or do they go with three because one of the guys got hurt? As a Ravens fan living in Buffalo, the Bills are going to have a rough, long season, and it's clear as day this team is not Super Bowl team. I don't think it's clear as day. Sorry, disagree there. The Ravens aren't a Super Bowl team, though. I'll tell you that much. Sorry, but we will agree. We'll we'll disagree on that one. That's fine. But yeah, the Ravens are definitely not a Super Bowl team, uh, and that's not just me throwing a shade out there. I, I, just, I don't think they are. But you think the Bills aren't? That's fine. I actually like the Ravens. I just I think they made a mistake re-signing Lamar Jackson for that big old deal. See, I think August 29th by four. I don't know what you mean. Oh, you think that's cut down day? Okay. So, yeah. If it's August 29th by 4 p.m. and the Bills have – every team has to cut down. Think about it. 90 to 53. That's 37 players per team that have to be expunged from their rosters in order to get down to the league minimum or the league, uh, the league roster size. There's going to be a ton of players out there that are available to be signed. And so – Hey, man, if you ain't got haters, you're not in the conversation, right? Haters going to hate. It is what it is. You know, let, let, let the haters come to. You know, that, that just boosts my views. So I appreciate him for being here. I don't, just, I don't agree with his statement, but you know what? Come as you will. Patriots fans, come on in here. Talk that mess. It's fine. Dolphins fans, Jets fans, come on. All of them. Come on. See, nobody knows who's rule bound. That's ridiculous, but bills are still very much – Still a Super Bowl because I live in Buffalo. That's why my whole life. How did you end up a Ravens fan living in Buffalo your whole life? I mean, the Ravens were a team. They became a team, what, 97? So if you're a younger guy, sure, but why? I get it. You know, if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. That's correct. That's correct. Um, but I'm not going to talk down on the Ravens fans, you know, or, or whoever, Patriots fans, Dolphins fans, it's all good. You know, you, you root for who you root for. If you're a loyal Ravens fan, that's fine. You're going to have a rough couple years because Lamar Jackson ain't it. Um, lonely trolls need loving too. I don't think he's trolling. I think that he really believes what he's saying, but I don't think he, I don't think he's got the quarterback to, to win one themselves. So Lamar Jackson averages 2,750 yards a year. He's missed 10 regular season games the last two years in a playoff game. You know, that little line going to get Allen hurt. I don't think he, I don't think it will. It doesn't get much worse than last year with Roger Saffold. Roger Saffold last year, let me see, I'll, I'll pull it up. Roger Saffold. Yes, I don't, think, I don't think Josh Allen's got much to worry about. The team's line isn't much worse. Isn't worse at all than last year. Still got Spencer Brown and um, Dawkins at tackle. Those are the same. But Spencer Brown's a year removed from back surgery. Uh, right guard, we have the rookie Osiris, Osiris Torrance. Mitch Morse is still there, so that hasn't changed. The biggest difference is Roger Saffold, who last year, I'm going to go ahead and share this screen just you know to show you what I got. Share screen. Boom. So, if you look at Roger Saffold, overall a 43. Pass blocking 51, run blocking 43. Horrific. If nothing else, if minimally we cut this guy, that's addition by subtraction, baby. Now, if we look at the guy we picked up, Connor McGovern, 
I misspelled Connor, apparently. Our Connor McGovern, not the Jets Connor McGovern. That pass blocking rating is a 78 or 74.8. It's a big difference. It's a huge difference. So I'm going to stop sharing that. It, that that was that take that you have there. I disagree with wholeheartedly. It's, it's not. It's not. It's clearly to me that we've done better for our O line this year. He settled to his opinion. I'm just pointing out the premise. You can predict who's going to the Super Bowl, like a media talking point, and not realistic. Okay. Uh, I work too much to have time to watch all AFC chats. Agreed. Uh, interior is solid. OTs do need to play better. I think they will in the regular season, man. It's the preseason, you know. We're just whittling down who's going to make the team, who's not. They need depth at outside, you know, at offensive tackle, but still. See, last season, our interior and outside had holes. Yeah, I mean, we were Swiss cheese on the offensive line last year. You know, Ryan Bates played okay. You know, he he was like a sixty-one rating on PFF. Mitch Morse was like a sixty-two. Deion Dawkins was an eighty. Conor McGovern was a forty-two, as I just showed you. And Spencer Brown was like a 48 coming off back surgery. So I'm not worried about it. You're not panicking, Miss Christine. So I'm with you there. I don't think that they're showing a whole lot of their hand. As McDermott is known to do, he's shown he's known to not show his hand. He's known to keep things vanilla in the preseason. And then when the regular season comes, bam, hits you in the head like Emerald. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you yet. Okay, come on, Christine. Help me out here. Miss Sarah, you know you got to can't hit me with that. You know, that oop to you. But, guys, it has been a pleasure. Ravens fans, Bills fans, everybody who's in here, your uh, your input has been uh, appreciated. And, uh, you know, when you have a comment like this one, not hitting that O-line going to get out hurt. Bad O-lines haven't gotten hurt yet, except for that one game against the Texans, his rookie year. Otherwise, he's been hurt because he's run the ball or, or not thrown the ball on time and just held it for too long. Um yeah, I don't, I don't see them getting hurt. But that's just us. Anyway, everybody, love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you guys being here for me. I appreciate you guys, you know, being here for Bills in Buffalo. I appreciate you guys overall. God bless you all. Go Bills. And I am out of here, folks.